Hey, product people, welcome to the Product to Profit podcast. We're pulling back the curtain on what it's really like to scale a product-based business profitably and getting into the mindset of a seasoned buyer. I'm your coach, Kristen Fisher, a former corporate retail buyer with over 15 years of experience working for some major brands that you would definitely know, turned six-figure e-commerce store owner of my own gifting brand, Boku, and a retail strategy coach for product-based business owners, just like yourself. Inside this podcast, I have honest conversations about what's going on inside of my own business. And I'm also sharing insights to help you get inside the mindset of a buyer to start applying big retail strategies to your own small retail business. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the topic of an assortment strategy. And I really would love for you to be able to walk away from this episode, this conversation with an idea of how you could create a really simple assortment strategy that works for your own business. If you have not listened to last week's episode yet, it's episode 14, go back and check that out. It's only like 15 minutes or so. So it's quick, but it sets the stage for today's conversation because it's just a foundational conversation around what an assortment even is and just the framework for an assortment strategy. So this week, I want to talk about how to design or buy into your sales goals, how to have an assortment strategy that works for your business and a process that doesn't overwhelm you because that is the goal, right? I'm not here telling you about this thing to make you feel like there's something that you're doing wrong in your business or you're gonna fail without doing this. I'm not trying to create fear or overwhelm for you. I think that there is something that can be really overwhelming, honestly, about podcasts, (laughs) because sometimes I find that I'll be listening to them while I'm working, and then I start hearing all these new things or reminders of things that I'm not doing in my business, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm failing. No, that is not what this is about. This is just here to talk about something that I think would actually really help to move the needle in your business. So that's why I'm sharing it, and you can just take bits of it and hopefully use this going forward whenever you're planning out a new assortment. And honestly, there's a really high likelihood that you're actually already doing this in your business, even if it's on a subconscious level. But when you start to tune into it and you intentionally set out to make an assortment strategy as a part of your process at the very start of a season, you'll see that over time it will help to make things better. You'll make more profitable decisions in your business. It will make it easier to plan out an assortment that you know is going to drive volume in your business. So I think that the strategy component is actually one of the top things that I miss about my corporate retail career. You heard it here first. There are parts of that job that I do genuinely miss, and this is one of them. I obviously do it in my own business, Boku, but it was just so fun to do it on that like really big scale in corporate. So assortment strategy or manipulating your product offer and the financial buys that tie back to each of those individual products is really the fundamental role of a buyer. And it's something that I just really genuinely love to do. So that's why I'm here talking about it. (laughs) So the key to a really productive assortment, meaning each product sells to the inventory levels that you bring in, wouldn't it be perfect if you could sell out to the exact unit that you buy? (laughs) But that's really what a productive assortment means is that you're selling to the inventory levels. 
And really, at the end of the day, what that means is that each product has a reason for being there. So the assortment or the collection that you bring in is balanced, it has a point of view, it gives the customer a reason to buy more than one item. That's really what a balanced, productive assortment means. I'm gonna break down how you can do this in your own business. So there's a lot that goes into it, obviously. I'm gonna give a few simplified steps, kind of like a three-part framework that you can use to approach your own line at the start of a season. So whether you're designing a new collection or you're going to market or trade shows and you're buying a collection for your shop, this is a really good first step before you dive into the creative product part to make sure that you're making really good decisions whenever you get to that point. The pre-work that goes into this is your hindsight and your sales plan. Now, if you've listened to the first 12 episodes, you've heard me talk about this before because I'm kind of obsessed with this. Truly, for this process to be effective though, you need to understand what your sales goals are and what your opportunities are in your business. So if anything is happening in your business right now that could impact this future season that you're working on or that happened in past seasons that you know are opportunities, you can make sure that you're really taking those into account and implementing them into this new collection. I talked about this process a couple of times in my pop-up podcast from Q4. You can grab those first 12 episodes from the link in my show notes. Once you have that clarity around where you were, where you're going, what your opportunities are, and what your sales goal is, then you can really dig into this framework of your assortment strategy which is really just the balance of your product mix. Like I said, this is my favorite part. This is where you can basically fit your product assortment together like a puzzle. You can slice your offer a bunch of different ways, but there are three kind of main parts of this framework that I'm gonna walk you through that I think are just the foundational basics around building out an assortment that's really profitable and productive for you. So part one of this is the choice count, which is how many product choices, SKUs, whatever you want to call them, how many product choices you really need, right? This is massively important to nail down because not only does it impact your customer's decision making, but it also impacts you financially from both a dollar and a time investment perspective. So I started talking about this last week because it's just so important. But in that in that podcast episode, I talked about looking at your collection from a customer point of view. So really taking a good hard look at your product offer as if you were an unbiased customer. You really want to have a solid understanding of just visually, do I have too much product or too little product? Does it feel overwhelming or does it feel sparse? And that will start to just give you that gut instinct. And you might already know it without even doing that exercise, but do that for yourself or bring somebody in to look at your assortment that will give you an honest opinion so that you are maybe taking all of your emotion out of it. Now, once you've done that, a solid way to gauge if you have the right count from a numbers perspective is to look at how many choices accounted for 80% of your sales for a specific time period. So you'll pull your selling report, you'll look at 80% of your sales, and then look at what percent of your total choices did those make up. So how many products are represented within that top 80% of your sales. Oftentimes, I will say majority of the time, 20 to 30% of your product assortment or your choices is driving that 80% of your sales. I have done this exercise countless, countless times in corporate and with clients that I work with one-on-one. And I would say 
nine times out of 10, it's just 20 to 30% of the product offer that's really doing that top level of volume. In other words, 80% of your sales were driven by blank percent of your product choices. Okay, so you wanna figure out what that ratio is. If you're in that 20% range, which is really common, that tells you that you probably have too many choices or products in your line and some could go. Obviously, the first thing that I would say to look at would be the ones that had a low sell-through and just didn't do anything to move the needle in your business. You can probably start with cutting about 10 to 15% of your choices as a baby step. That just gets rid of low-hanging fruit and will stop you from repeating the mistake of bringing in too many choices or designing into too many options and just carrying dead weight in your offer. That's really what it comes down to. This right here is really your first step in increasing the productivity of every dollar that you invest in inventory. And what I mean by that, by increasing productivity, is that every product is going to work harder for you with the higher likelihood of selling through with less tied up in just unnecessary inventory. So it's working really hard, it's bringing in the money for you, and you don't just have a lot of things sitting on the shelves collecting dust. If it's your first time doing this exercise, I would encourage you to look at a few different collections or time periods to see if there's a common trend for you. So do you consistently see that you have a lot of similar unproductive inventory sitting there that you could get rid of that would make you feel really confident that going forward you could just say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna design into or buy into about x percent 10 to 15 percent I'm making that number up for you less than what I maybe originally would think that I would need because you're probably already inclined to bring in a certain number but you really might not need it all now before you go and just slash your product offer there is a reason that we need more than just 20 percent of those top performing choices right there's a reason that you have a full assortment that's going to ensure that you have a balanced assortment so you're going to take this ideal choice count so you have the 20 percent that you know are going to drive the volume and then you have the balance of your assortment that really rounds it out and can tell a true story about your collection it can represent trends you can make sure that you're covering the full need, but you really protect that 20% and you make sure it's the best freaking 20% <laughs> of the collection. And the rest of it can be what you play around with to test new ideas and things like that, just to make sure your assortment is fully balanced. So you're going to take this ideal choice count, which is the total number of choices that you want to make sure you are buying into. And from there, you're going to start playing around with it and putting it into different buckets while you're building or designing your assortment. And that brings me to the second part of this three-part framework, which is your key attributes. So an attribute is really just a descriptor that you attach to a product based on its key selling points. So in corporate retail, you would actually be blown away by the number of attributes that are tracked. I mean, reports that are pages and pages and pages long. That is across the entire business because every category has a bunch of different attributes underneath it. Buyers get these massive reports every Monday and look at them weekly to understand what's going on in the business because it helps to make really smart decisions on what's working or what's not working. You definitely do not need to have, nor do I recommend, that you have a million attributes for your own business. But I do think it's important to understand 
the value of these and to start thinking about your offer in this way, really to start thinking like those corporate retail buyers, because that's how you are going to grow your business in a really profitable, sustainable way. Not only is it going to help you improve your profitability, but it's also tied back to increasing your UPTs which is your units per transaction, you want that to be as high as possible because that means your customer is buying more than one item per transaction or the buyer coming in to buy wholesale from you is able to buy a broader range of items from your collection because there is a reason for having multiple products in the collection that they really wanna have. So for attributes, if you just start at the very top of the hierarchy of your product offer or your assortment, that would be the breadth that we talked about last week or the categories of your assortment. This is really an attribute. These categories are attributes. So now let's just say you wanna plug in your ideal choice count into each of these categories. This will give you a guide for really how many products you need to buy into or to design into each category. So let's use the example like I used last week where you have an apparel line or an apparel boutique. Okay, so each category being an attribute would be tops, bottoms, skirts, dresses, all the things. So having a balanced assortment would ensure that you have the proper ratio of, let's say, tops to bottoms. So you would never buy or design one top to every one bottom. You'd have a million pants and you would never move through all those. The customer doesn't shop that way. Think about how you create your own, you know, collection of clothes in your own closet, you really need two to three tops to every one bottom. This is how you can kind of see that because you can start to plug in your choices for each category attribute. So you can ensure that you have a really nice balanced collection and you know, okay, I need to design or buy into X number of dresses, X number of tops, X number of bottoms. So you have that framework that ties back to a balanced assortment. Then to take this a little bit further and to go a bit deeper, you maybe would want to identify one to two more attributes, at least to get yourself started on this, that make sense for your business. So let's switch over to a candle company. This might be something like a fragrance type. So you'd have, you know, the categories being your candle sizes, let's just say. Then your next attribute could be your fragrance type. So that could be floral, woodsy, spicy, whatever your different buckets are. And then you could say, okay, within my ideal choice count, I am going to have X number of floral, X number of spicy, X number of woodsy. And you plug those in. So you just kind of keep getting lower and lower and more granular. And it helps to make sure that, again, you are balancing it out. So Another example would be if you're a stationary designer. Your second attribute could be humor, sentimental, holiday, birthday, making sure that you are, again, balancing across all these attributes that are really important to your customer and your sales performance. Because if you buy or design into 80% being humor, then you're leaving only 20% left for the holidays or for the sentimental and you know that that's a big risk in your business. So it's just kind of a good checks and balance to make sure that you can just work your way through systematically as you're building out your product offer. Okay, so lastly, part three of this framework would be the retails. This is technically also an attribute, but I think it's important to pull it out and kind of highlight it discussing it separately. So you can have a range of retails that make up your good, better, best. If that's new to you as well, that would really mean your low price point, your mid price point, or your high price points. And if you really only have just a couple of price points in your business, then you wouldn't necessarily need these ranges, but you could just identify what those few are and have them 
isolate it out. This is really the lever that you can pull to increase your average order value, your AOV. I'm not saying to just, you know, dump all of your your choice count into this highest price point attribute or bucket, because we all know that that is obviously not going to work. Our customers aren't just going to magically start paying more for everything, although that would be nice, right? It's not going to happen. But you can play around with your product mix and what you are putting into each price point bucket when you're designing into new ideas. So you could move a few extra you know, choices out of the lower price point bucket into the middle price point. So let's say you are the candle company that we just were talking about. You probably do a big business in your travel candle size, but what if you shifted maybe one or two choices out of the travel candles and move them into your next size up? Now, if you're balancing out your fragrance attribute, you could make sure that you had your best-selling, most popular fragrance in that next size up so that you're encouraging your customer to spend a little bit more money with you to get the fragrance that they want by not offering it maybe in the travel candle size. This is just an example. I'm not saying to follow this to a T, but this is just a way to start thinking about how to shift around your price points and encourage people to spend a little bit more without having a lot of risk in your business because it will just naturally drive your AOV up. So, okay, we've talked about choice count, which is tied directly to your profitability. Then we talked about attributes as part two, which ensure that you have a really proper balance of your assortment, which is tied back directly to your UPTs, units per transaction, or the buyer coming in and buying a really broad range from you, which increases their order value and increases your wholesale volume, right? And finally, we discussed retails, which ties back directly to your average order value, resulting in higher sales overall, which is what we really want, right? I think you can probably see why I said it's like a little bit of a puzzle, but it all does really work so well together. And it's why it's called a strategy because you are designing or buying strategically into a product offer that's gonna move the needle in your business. You're not just picking out everything that you love or bringing to life every amazing creative idea that's in your brain, which there's a time and a place for it. So maybe you can do that ultimately, but right now pull the things out of your brain that are gonna actually drive more volume in your business because we're running a business, we're not running a hobby. So in my first season, I did have some questions in the DMs around some of the corporate retail terms that I use that I kind of didn't realize that they weren't common knowledge. So (laughs) I actually just really appreciated people asking me the questions because it helped me to understand what value I can provide for you. So I decided to just put together a cheat sheet with formulas when it's applicable of some of these corporate retail terms. So you can download that. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. If you're on my email list, check your inbox because I also sent that to you this morning. So you'll just automatically get that. And I hope you find it helpful. If you are looking for some more support in your business and you're interested in working together, I've had a couple DMs about this. I'm just going to say it here on the podcast. I'm currently about to kick off a two-week, very small group coaching intensive where we're going to work together to just get really clear on your business goals and to take fast action. I originally wasn't planning on doing this, but this first podcast episode back when I was talking about feeling like I was stuck the first couple months and was just kind of getting back at it. I've had a lot of people reaching out just saying that you feel the same way. So I'm glad that I'm not alone, but also I wanna help you get unstuck in your business and really just take it to the next level. I feel like now that we're in March going into April, it's time to kick it into high 
gear. So if you're listening to this in real time, this intensive is going to kick off on March 27th. So if you're interested, just come connect with me on Instagram at product to profit coach. I can send you the info. We can chat about it there in the DMs, or I'll drop the link in the show notes too. There's some more details there. So I hope you have a great week and I can't wait to connect with you. All right. That's all I've got for you today. I am so glad that you're here. If you are loving the show, I would be beyond grateful if you would just take a minute to rate and review this podcast just to help spread the word. Now there's something in it for you too, as a little thank you. If you leave a review, share a screenshot or just share the show to your stories and tag me at product to profit coach on Instagram. You'll be entered to win my new monthly giveaway where you'd win a hot seat coaching call with me. You'd have the option to record it live on this podcast, which not only would be so much fun, but would also give your amazing brand some visibility and you a quick win. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope that you absolutely crush your sales this week.